Come on. It looks like a construction zone around here, doesn't it? Come on. I even wore my orange shirt just so I can match. Come on. We'll get to some of that stuff in just a little bit. I, I got a question for you guys. Do you ever, like, for all my men out there, I, I don't know if, if you'd feel the same way, but in the six and a half months that I've been married, right, big time, right, watch out. In the six and a half months that I have been married, this happens all the time. We're driving in the car and we're going somewhere, and my wife's like, are you going to use the GPS? And I look at her and I'm like, am I going to use the GPS? Right? <laughs> like, it's funny, right? I don't get it. Like, she, every time. And I'm like, you know I'm a man, right? Come on. You guys know. Like, don't make me feel like I'm alone here, right? Like, I'll be driving. And she's like, you sure you don't want to use the GPS? And I'm like, I got this, right? And so we'll be cruising. And, like, the majority of the time, yeah, I'd like to say we find our way to where we're going. But sometimes... Sometimes, I wish when she would have asked, hey, are you going to use the GPS? I'd have been like, yeah, let's pull it out, because we would have saved like an hour. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because you just, once you get so far into it, like once you're so stubborn, like I'm a really stubborn person, right? And once you're just so far into it, you're just so deep, you're like, I just can't go back. (laughs) Like I'm not going to use that GPS. Like Siri, I don't need your help. I've got this. And maybe I don't, but I'm at least going to act like it, like fake it till you make it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that's how it is. And it's funny, like, man, I was thinking the other day about that, and I was thinking about this message that I've been preparing, and you can see it's lost. And, man, we get lost sometimes, right? Driving around or whatever. Now we have, like, cell phones. It's the worst thing when your cell phone doesn't work when you're trying to figure out where to go. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the one time you don't have cell service, right? And it's always in the places you really need help getting where you're going right? And it's funny how we just get lost and we think we can find our own way. And it's funny to me, I was thinking, how many people live their lives like that? How many people think, you know what? I don't need any help. You know what? I've got this. I'm a man or whatever, right? And they live their life like, dude, I'm going to find my way. I don't need any help. I've got this. And they wonder and they wonder and they try to find where they're going. They try to find where they're supposed to be. And a lot of times people don't. A lot of times people get lost and they live their life like this. And it's sad to, to, to know the fact that there's so many people out there in this world that are lost. And as the church, as Christ's followers, we have been called to do something about that very fact. We've been called to do something about the fact that there are millions of people out there that are lost. And what does that mean? Man, they don't get to spend an eternity with their creator. They don't get to spend an eternity with the, the person that loves them more than anything. They're lost. So today I, I want to cover a few things and keep it pretty simple. I'm not trying to blow any minds here today. But I realize we can do something about the fact that people are lost and that they, they can't find their way. And so to start this out today, I want to start with a passage of scripture in Luke chapter 19. We're going to start at verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Verse 8, 
But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Verse 9. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I feel like it covers a lot of things. And today, here's what I want it to cover for us as a church. I want it to cover three things that make lost people found. Three things. You guys ready to dive in? Come on, we're machine gunning it today, all right? We're machine gunning it. Number one, interest. Interest, however you want to say it. Let's go back to verse 1 through 4. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. How many of you wish that your name was said and then was wealthy was after your name, right? (laughs) Just a thought that I have when I'm reading the scripture. And then this verse 3, this is where it's at. It says, he wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see. And so we start with this number one interest. And let me just kind of walk you through this story. We've got Jesus, and he's making his way downtown. He's got the disciples. He's got a crowd around them. And Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector. He's wealthy. And, of course, you read in a second, he's kind of short, right? And so he can't buy height, y'all. <laughs> I've tried. And Zacchaeus, he is so interested He is so, man, he's heard about Jesus. I mean, Jesus was a pretty popular guy back then, right? And he wanted to see him. And so I love this story because we see this little man who is just interested in this. He's so so enthralled by this idea of meeting and seeing Jesus that he doesn't care if he's going to look like an idiot. He he runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs this tree. This is my tree. Is that okay with you guys? Can we use our, I know it's not kids' church, but can we use our imagination here? So Zacchaeus, he climbs the tree. He gets up here, and if I fall, man, come on, call 911, right? (laughs) He climbs this tree. The people are coming, and let's be honest. He looks like a complete idiot. He doesn't care. We see this interest that Zacchaeus has. He says, you know know what? I want to see Jesus. I want to see who he is. I want to meet him. I want to talk to him, and I'll do whatever it takes. He's so interested in this idea of meeting Jesus. And number one, I just want to say, when was the last time you were that excited about meeting Jesus? Man, we take for granted oftentimes the time, the the capability we have as Christians to meet with God at any time. We think it's just Sunday. Hey, we love it when you show up on Sundays, right? We love it. But it's so much more than a Wednesday night life group. It's so much more than a Sunday morning service. But we see this Zacchaeus guy. He doesn't know Jesus. He's heard about him. He's heard story after story. He's interested. And he climbs this tree just trying to see something. And I think, I'm reading this story. I'm thinking, all these lost people out there. We think that people aren't interested. We think people don't care. We think people just hate the church. But here's the truth. Here's the honest truth. Watch out. People want to see Jesus. People will go out of their way. They will look like complete idiots trying to meet Jesus. And what does that look like nowadays? It might look like someone walking through those doors. Man, into a church they've never been to where it's uncomfortable, where they don't know where they're going to sit. They don't know where their kids go. And we think, you know what? (laughs) Why should I go talk to them when they get here? I don't know them. 
I've only been coming here for a month or two months or whatever. But we don't realize that people are so interested that they're willing to go out of their comfort zone. And that's a huge thing. That they're willing to walk out into this church and to meet people they've never met before and sit through a sermon with the person they've never met and listen to worship, maybe songs they've never heard. And people are interested. And one thing that we have to realize is that we often underestimate people's interest in Jesus Christ. We often just think, you know what, my, my coworkers, they don't care. My friends, they don't care. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm just not going to talk about it because guess what? Nobody cares about Jesus. But I'm here to tell you today that there are so many people out there that are hurting. There's so many people out there that are looking for something. They're unsatisfied. Think, man, they go from one thing to another to another, and they continue to search for something to fill that gap inside of them, right? And I don't know about you, but man, when I was a five year old kid, that gap was filled for me. And I'm thankful for that, but guess what? Not everybody has that opportunity, and we've got to do something about it. There's so many people out there that are hurting and searching, and they continue to search, and they're going to continue to search until they find it. Sad thing is we don't always make it easy for them. The sad thing is we don't always make it the, the easiest for them to walk into our church and the easiest for them to come and talk to us. But they're interested, and that's one thing that we've got to wrap our minds around is that this world is looking for something. If, it's, if they're looking for something to fill that hole, a lot of times it's relationships. A lot of times, man, they find substances to try to make them feel whole and to make them feel good and to give them purpose in life. And the crazy thing is, we as Christians have that. You're like, man, you might be here today and you're like, Pastor Seth, I don't know about you. You're talking about this. And I feel the same way. Like, I feel like I haven't found my purpose. I feel like I haven't filled that hole inside of me. Well, I'm here to tell you today that you've got it right in front of you. And all you got to do is grab it. We have Jesus Christ, that relationship, and the, the, the future eternity that we have to spend with him, and that's all we need on this planet. Amen. And there's so many people that are going to continue to search and continue to search. Zacchaeus, he was wealthy, right? It said he was wealthy, and he probably had all kinds of money. But guess what? He was still searching for something. We think that money is going to fill that gap. We think that money is going to fill that void, but guess what? And you hear it all the time, and it's cliche, and I don't even believe it when I say it, but money that can't buy happiness. I don't know how it can't, right? But, man, it's hard to believe that, but it's true. We see wealthy people all the time, and they are continuing to look for something. They can't find anything that they can buy that's going to fill that gap, but we have it. Number one, it's interest. We've got to realize that people are interested in Jesus. Number two. Invitation. We're going to go back to Luke chapter 19 and verse 5. It says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I love this part of the story because we see Jesus being Jesus, right? Because I don't know about you, I'm the kind of person that I hate when someone invites themselves to my house, right? I'm sorry, like, it just, it just gets me mad, right? 
when they're like, dude, hey, can I, I'm going to come over, you know, this, that, and the other. They're like, it's not a big deal most of the time. Like, I can blow it off, right? But when people, when I was a kid, man, I hated when my friends would be like, hey, I'm going to come spend the night at your house. And I'm just one of the people, I don't like spending the night at people's houses. I don't like people spending the night at my house. I'm weird, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. I was an awful kid, I guess. I just didn't like slumber parties. And I remember, like, I hated it. And I still kind of, I feel the same way. But we see Jesus, and Jesus can do anything he wants to, right? And he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, we're going to go chill at your house. Is that cool? And Zacchaeus, he comes down from the tree because he's like, dude, Jesus wants to hang out with me. How cool is this, right? He doesn't care, right? Like, I'm sure I wouldn't care either if Jesus wanted to come over to my apartment, right? He invites himself over. We see this invitation. And here's the thing. It's a little bit different than maybe a nowadays invitation because here's the deal. And we want people to be saved. We know that they're lost. We know that they're, they're interested. I just told you that. But they're not going to do anything. Nothing is going to change unless we do something. Nothing is going to change unless we say, you know what? I'm going to go to that coworker. I'm going to go to that friend. I'm going to say, hey, you should come to church with me. A little crazy. A little tough, right? You're like, man, you haven't been to my work. <laughs> man. Maybe it doesn't look like an invitation to church. Maybe it looks like an invitation to go to Starbucks and get coffee, overpriced coffee. (laughs) I'm just preaching the truth up here. (laughs) Maybe it looks like saying, hey, let's, let's go get some food. Hey, come over to my place and let's just hang out. It's not always going to be so easy to get people to walk through those doors. It's not always going to be easy. And here's the thing. I know so many people, like I work with students, so I know how this works, right? They get excited. They want to reach their friends, and they go, they go ask one friend. They say, hey, you should come to church with me. That one person doesn't go to church, and guess I suck at this, you know? Or they feel like a failure, and they're like, man, I'm just not going to do that again. That, that was embarrassing. I don't know about you, but I feel like, man, to help people come to know Jesus, to give them that eternity that we have to offer through our Christianity Man, it's worth a little embarrassment. It's worth a little awkwardness. It's worth possibly losing a friendship over. But we've got to realize, man, Jesus loved everybody. That's what his ministry was about, was loving people. No matter what they're doing with their life, it's about loving other people. And I think if we have that same kind of love for the world and for our coworkers and our friends and the people that surround us every single day, man, we can't sleep at night because we know that they're going to spend eternity where they don't want to spend eternity. Man, it's a big thing to think about, and I know it's a lot. Man, you're like, dude, I already got five kids, and I got my wife. She's on my back all the time, and not in the good way. And <laughs> let that sink in for a second. It's cool. You're like, man, he's getting real in church today. You're like, man, I got to go to work and work like 50 plus hours this week. And, man, I ain't got time for that. But, man, Jesus is walking. He's got probably hundreds of people around him following him, right? This big crowd. And I love how Jesus points out the one person. He realized the person that wanted to see him, wanted to meet him more than any of those people called Zacchaeus down, and he invited himself to his house. That's a pretty cool story. Of course, you know, we already read the end. I mean, you guys know what's going to happen, but we see how an invitation, 
how one single invitation, one invite changes someone's life entirely and, and completely. So today to help kind of illustrate this, I've got this extension cord. I rolled this up, y'all. <laughs> Let's be honest. This is awful. I am an OCD person, and I hate this. This makes me want to like, ugh. You don't even know. Looking at this cord, it just boggles my mind how someone could wrap a cord like this, and it was me, okay? But I did this for this purpose. But a lot of us look at evangelism, reaching other people, inviting our friends to church. We look at it like this. Because we think, man, I hear this sermon, man, I gotta go save the entire world, right? Like I've gotta go tell this friend, and I've gotta tell this friend, I've gotta go tell this family member. And we, we feel like we have all of this pressure that we've gotta go reach the entire world, right? Which is an awesome thought. It's an awesome idea. But looking at that knot, that's a little scary. Because we, get, we leave church and we're like, dude, I'm ready to go reach my friends and I'm ready to go reach my coworkers. And then we get home and I mean, what if they don't like me after that, right? What if it gets awkward, right? Like what if no one at work wants to talk to me anymore because they just know I'm going to invite them to church and I'm always talking about Jesus. It's serious things. These are things that people deal with all the time, right? Because we look at it like this massive, scary knot, like we've got to go save the entire world. But I'm here to tell you today that it's actually a lot simpler than that. That evangelism and reaching the lost really looks like one knot at a time. Instead of, I've got to undo this whole thing, it's, I just find the end, and I start going to town, one at a time. I don't got to go save my entire company. I don't got to go save my entire extended family. One knot at a time. And the cool thing is, the more people that, that finally, like that one knot after another knot, they come in and they help us reach other people. They come in and they help us make this to what it's supposed to be, a nice, straight cord. We look at it like it's so complicated, and we look at it, and it's scary, and I can't handle it. I can't do it. Like, this makes me want to cry, y'all. <laughs> and talking to you and telling you about reaching your friends, like some of you, that makes you want to cry because you're like, dude, I hate talking to people. Uh, I'm a super introvert. I just don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like conflict. I don't like awkwardness. But I'm here to tell you today that to be a Christian and to be a Christ follower, you've got to realize that God's going to be there to help you. God's going to help you succeed. He's going to give you the words to say. And you don't have to save the entire world. You've got to go one friend, one coworker, one family member at a time. It's not this big knot. It's not this big, scary thing. It's, I'm just going to do this. Nickel and dime it. And then eventually this cord is going to be nice and straight. It's not this big, scary thing. Amen? Amen. I've got some facts for you guys. Check this out. 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. I don't, none of my friends want to go to church. Well, I just proved you wrong. I guess you hang out with the 18%. I don't know. <laughs> Most people come to church because of a, a personal invite. Like, we try our best, y'all. Like, we put, you know, ads in magazines, and we got, you know, the banners outside, and we know a bunch of people drive by our church. But let's be honest. Our church isn't going to grow. We're not going to see more people come to Jesus without the personal invites. 
without people not only just you asking them or inviting them, but them seeing the life change that has happened in your life. That's where it's all at. That's why people wanted to see Jesus, because they knew he was different. They knew he lived a life that, man, they'd never seen before. And that's the way we've got to be. We've got to be like Jesus in the aspect of people ask you about your life because they wonder, dude, this guy, he is always in a great mood. That's hard. <laughs> this guy, he is always positive. And, and man, at work, when, when stuff happens, he doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't, you know, drop the F-bomb, right? Like, it's all okay. It's all good. Man, he doesn't start stuff with other guys. Man, when you're at Walmart and you realize that, You've got something extra there or whatever, and it's not, you know, just going to make it happen. Or, you know, it's not, I'm going to let this slip by and not pay for it. You're going to pay for it. You're going to live a life of integrity. And people wonder about that. People ask about that. Seven out of ten unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole lives. That's a lot of people. We often undervalue the influence we have with our friends, coworkers, neighbors, and family members. All right, let's go on a whole nother subject. You guys ready for this? Anybody do CrossFit in here? Anybody? Man, either you're ashamed or we already know you do CrossFit, right? Have you ever had to ask anybody if they do CrossFit? And if you don't know what CrossFit is, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to leave you out of this, right? But I promise one day you will meet someone that does CrossFit, and you might just not listen to them talk sometimes, right? <laughs> like, I'm all about being healthy, y'all. I mean, I don't look it, but I'm all about being healthy. But people that do CrossFit, they are like sold out. For CrossFit, I don't know what it is. Like, it might be that whole team thing where they go work out with their team and they're doing crazy stuff like lifting logs and heavy things and, like, hurting themselves. I don't know, right? <laughs> but those people that do CrossFit, you've never had to question if they do CrossFit because they wear the shirts, right? <laughs> they make the post about them like, check me out, I'm lifting all this weight, right? <laughs> I promise. You've never had to question if you know someone that does CrossFit because they've told you a thousand times. I still love you, okay? I do. But at some point, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to come work out with you. I don't want to break my back lifting something heavier than me and posting it on Facebook or whatever. I'm glad you work out, and it's great. But here's the thing. Man, we could take a lesson from people that do CrossFit, because guess what? Dude, they don't stop. They invite people all the time. They don't care if they don't know somebody. Like, hey, they walk up to somebody and, and Chick-fil-A, right? And they're like, hey, you should do CrossFit. I've seen it happen. You think I'm being crazy and, like, blowing this out of proportion. And not everybody that does CrossFit is like this, okay? I'm just going to throw that out there, right? Because I'm going to be getting some hate emails after this message. But you've never had to wonder because they tell people. They invite people. They wear the shirts. They post about it all the time. That is their life. Why can't we make Jesus Christ our life? Oh. Pastor, I thought we did that when I, when I said the prayer and I gave my life to him. Well, have you been showing that through your posts on Facebook? Have you been showing that through the way you live and the words that you say? 
Man, it's not just you asking someone to come to church or you asking someone to go to get coffee and you can talk to them and show them who Jesus is. It's like, man, they should already know about Jesus by the way you live. That's where the invitation starts is by the way you live your life every single day. You've got to realize that there's so many people out there and we always, we always undervalue the influence we have. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to listen to me. I'm not going to change anything, but I'm here to tell you today that if you look at it one knot at a time, if you look at it like it's not that big of a deal, it's not going to be a big deal. And we all have the power to do something with our Christianity. We all have the power to change the world one person at a time. That's it. All right, everybody say number three. I didn't like that. Let's do tres. Ready? Everybody say tres. There we go. We're getting a little Hispanic in here today. I like it. I like it. Number three, induction. Induction. Let me just read the, uh, the definition for you just to make sure we're all on the same page. The formal act or process of placing someone into a new job, position, government office, etc. Man, I love this word. And let's just kind of see what happens. Let's go back to the scripture. And we're going to be in verse 7. It says... All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Haters are going to hate, y'all. You've got to watch out. <laughs> Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He's wealthy, y'all. He's got it. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Here's the cool thing. When we decide to be brave, when we decide that it's worth it to, to reach the lost and to reach our friends and to, to be all about that invitation, we get to be a part of someone's induction into the body of Christ, to the family. We get to be a part of that. The formal act or process of placing someone into a new job, position, government office, etc. I think we've just got to realize that when our invitation meets our friend's interest, that leads to their induction into the family, to the body of Christ. When we take that invitation and we've backed it up by the way we live, and, and when we see the interest that our friends and our family members have, and we put those together, we get this induction of people coming to know Jesus Christ, of people seeing, uh, seeing their lives completely changed. We get to be a part of that. Man, that's what I'm all about. That's what we're all about here at LifeGate Church is changing lives and a changing culture with the unchanging truth. About inducting people into the family of God. And we, we kind of skip over this sometimes, but, man, I remember there's a story in, in the Bible, and it talks about there's a shepherd, and he has a hundred sheep. And one of them decides, hey, I'm going to go my own way, right? Busts a move, and it leaves the, the other 99. And I, I love this story because you see the shepherd. He's like, what am I supposed to do? And he leaves the 99. He leaves all of them right there, and he goes after the one. He goes after the one that, that straight away, the one that's going into this dangerous territory, probably about to get eaten by something. And 
we see the shepherd go after the one. And that's how our God is. That's how he works. As he says, you know what? I could care less about the big crowds. I could care less about these, these big crowds with these moments that don't matter. I care about the one. And here's the cool thing. When you decide that I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be afraid anymore, when you decide that I'm going to take the chance and I'm going to bear the awkwardness and I'm going to bear the chance of losing my friends because I'm telling them about Jesus and I'm inviting them to church, when you make that decision, you get to see people literally become a part of the family. You get to see them build a relationship and continue to be a part of that building of the relationship and see them become a Christian and see them grow and see them not only reach other people, but reach hundreds of people. My family, when I was two years old, I remember, remember everything. Not really, right? But my dad, he took a new job. My dad works in radio, and so he went and he started working at this new radio station, Waxahachie. It's where I grew up. And uh, he'd been working there for a few, probably a few weeks. And he was working with a the guy. They, they did like the morning show, right? Come on. And uh, this classic country, small AM station. And um, this friend, this guy that he did the morning show with, and, you know, they became pretty good friends. And so this friend decided, I'm going to invite my dad. I'm going to invite Barry. That's my dad's name to church. At the time, my, my parents never grew up in church. They never went to church. I mean, that just wasn't something that they did. But my, my dad's co-worker, he said, you know what? I see the interest here. I see the capability of me offering an invitation. And my parents went to church. Probably not that big of a deal when I tell you the story, but when I think about the stuff that I've been through, and, and the fact that I did get to grow up in church and know Jesus Christ, it changes things for me. Because I thank God every day for a man named Ken that decided to invite my dad to church. Changed my life forever. We don't realize the power we have, the capability that one invitation can do. Because here's the cool thing. Man, my brother, he's been a youth pastor. He's changed hundreds of lives. And I've been doing this for five years now. And I've seen so many students, hundreds of students, walk through those doors because one man invited my dad to church. And I'm not saying that God couldn't have got me saved some other way, but I'm saying he got me saved the way I did because it led me to this place right here. And we've got to stop being selfish, and we've got to stop living life like, man, I'm so afraid, and I'm scared, and I'm not going to do something with my Christianity, but I'm going to step out, and I'm going to reach people for Jesus Christ. I'm going to live my life like he did, and I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be ashamed, because I'm going to walk in confidence in the God that I follow, and the God that I love, and the God that loves me. Amen. Come on. I get so excited about reaching other people because I know what it's done in my life. And you might be sitting out there today and thinking, man, it's changed my life too. Man, it's been a big deal for my family too. You've got the capability. You've got the opportunity. You see the interest. You throw out the invitation. And you get to see people's lives changed. Who knows, you might invite someone to church and their kid's going to be a youth pastor or an evangelist or a kid's pastor and they're going to change hundreds of thousands of lives. 